Hi there, and welcome to Let's Slow Down, a podcast for all of you who feel tired and stressed from this overwhelming world. Here we'll have fun, inspiring conversations about living life on our own terms and explore ways to ease the pace of our modern world, because life really is good when you're relaxed enough to be present for it. I'm your host, Anne-Marie Stolting, and I welcome you to this space where I hope to inspire you to slow down because life is too short to let it go by in a blur. So take a deep breath, relax, and enjoy the show. Hi, everyone. Today, we're going to be talking about something new for the Let's Slow Down podcast. We're going to be talking about finances. We have Emmy-nominated journalist Jennifer Rogers Markwell here today. She's from the Platinum Talks Wealth podcast, and we are so happy to have you. Hi, Jennifer. Hi. Thanks so much for having me. My pleasure. I'm excited to jump in and talk about money today. So before we get too much into into the thick of it, tell us a little bit about what you do, your your business and your podcast. Yeah. So I'll kind of give the grand overview. So my background, I actually spent 18 years in television. I'm Emmy nominated. I did that for quite a while, and I thought I would always kind of live in that television land. My grandparents raised me. They were mom and dad. And when my grandpa passed, we found ourselves obviously shocked because my grandpa was that crabby guy that we thought would live forever, right? And he didn't. And we were like, what what just happened? And my grandma and I were very, very close. And we found ourselves going in front of, you know, different banks and different advisors and trying to just clean up everything. And it's not that they had a lot, but they had what they had was spread around. And we would sit in front of folks and we never had that warm, fuzzy feeling that anyone cared or was doing what was in her best interest. And so she said, if we're going through this, imagine how many other women are going through this as well. So I said, I'll learn everything I can. And here I am, you know, 14 years later with Platinum Wealth Management, which is my own wealth management firm. Wow. That must have been scary at the time, being younger and going through that and probably feeling like you couldn't trust anybody. It's finance is exhausting and it's a foreign language. But if you don't know it or know how to navigate it, you're really relying on everyone around you. Mm -hmm. So really to kind of build up that education base, which, again, you don't learn that in school. I mean, at least we didn't back in our generation. And Mm -hmm. definitely my grandparents or parents didn't have, you know, the solid base of education when it comes to finance because it wasn't necessarily taught mainstream. Right. So so really learning this whole foreign language and, and helping others along the way. And with that education piece, I've said this so many times and it blows my mind that, you know, I have a master's degree. I was never required to take finance courses. I was required to take foreign language courses, a few of them, but never a finance course. And I think maybe my high school offered like one as an elective that, you know, of course I didn't take it then. And when I graduated and I'm out in the world adulting, there was a lot to learn, you know, because it really was a foreign language, like you, like you were saying, and you feel very, then you almost feel kind of stupid because like, why don't I know this? How do I not understand this? You know, I remember getting my first paycheck as a teacher and I couldn't believe how much lower the number was than I thought because of everything that they take out. And I really didn't truly grasp all of that until I started having a salary job. But I feel like that was a little too, not a little, a lot too late. We should be learning these things younger. My oldest is in high school and they do have several finance courses, which I was happy to see that are required. I think there's two or three that are required. So that the step in the right direction, right? But no matter what she chooses to major in down the road in college, I am going to make sure she gets a good background in finance because it affects us all. Right. So there's no excuse to not 
have the basics at a young age so that even, even in high school, as you start to have your first job, you make smart money decisions. I feel like that conversation needs to happen even sooner when possible, right? And it, it, as parents, yes. you almost have to take some responsibility and be like, okay, I'm going to do better than what I had for myself yep. and help my kids. That's one thing that, again, is on my plate as goals is writing children's books about finance so there can be an early understanding. I think it's a great um, idea. Yeah. And, and really, my thought is to have that as something that I give to schools and, and uh, again, educators or even preschools. I want to have those early conversation. So there's some sort of a seed planted there so that, you know, financial responsibility can become financial empowerment, quite frankly. My, I call her my tiny dancer. So I met her when she was three, right? She's just turned 13. My stepdaughter, fantastic. When she was little, she knew what I did, right? So she had this whole concept of like, yeah, I'm going to do what you do. And I'm going to do TV stuff and I'm going to do financial stuff. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do everything. So we let her kind of, you know, stew in like whatever her goals want to be by all means. But we really wanted her to start understanding the value of investing. So for her, we said, you know, what do you, what do you really love? Like, what do you love? And when you're little, like your, you know, love level obviously is much smaller, right? You love maybe candy or soda, which aren't always the best, or, or you love like Disneyland or a theme park or something, yeah. right? So for her, we started her with like just a stock of Disney, right? For her when she was very little. And I remember going to the park with her and she's like, I own this place. I own it. <laughs> And we're like, no, no, you want maybe like a rock here, like maybe a rock over there. Like yeah. that's maybe what you, but for her, it was the mentality of like that ownership and just starting to understand the concepts of it and how important that was. And I always kind of joke about the story. We talk about that now because she said that when she was super little, but like that resonated with her. Yes. And that is something she will always remember. That's something I'll always remember. And it's, I'll always share that just because I feel like that was such a powerful moment. I love it. I love it. Yeah. And I mean, writing some children's books, like some, toddler books about this stuff, I think would be a great idea. They don't exist. They don't exist. And like you said, just to have some basic ideas to empower them as they get older. Sometimes I don't keep a lot of cash on me. Sometimes I'm going into my kids' wallets to pay for pizza. (laughs) They laugh because I put post-its in like mom owes you. One point, I think my little one's post-it stash was up to like $75. And my my older two were like, why does she even have that much money? (laughs) in her glitter wallet. So it's so true. It's so important. And look at what an impact it made on her at a young age. And Disney stock, I guess you can't go wrong, probably, right? <laughs> well, again, not telling anyone to do that same path by any means, because it depends on what, you know, makes sense for you, of sure. course. But for her, that did make sense. And for her, now she has an understanding. And there actually are, you have to dig for them, but there's children's stock classes literally that are put on by different groups online. Mm-hmm. So you can do a Zoom class where your kid can learn how to build portfolios or be an analyst. And she's taken some of those classes. It's like a week class or a two-week class. I mean, they're minimal, but we did them over summer. And it was something that she was so proud of. Like she had the top three portfolio out of like 20 little kids. And then oh, wow. she got an analyst certificate. I mean, very basic, but fantastic for her to get that continued education on that. It's funny that you mentioned that because my son, he's actually been asking us for a while, like, can I want to invest some money? He was really interested in the concept. So luckily, Kristen, shout out to you. Aunt Kristen came to the rescue. She works in finance. And I said, you know what? Call Aunt Kristen. She'll help you. She can give you the advice that, you know, I wish I had had at your age. She can teach you. And she was awesome. She found one of those classes. So they're doing that together. And they have, I think it's like a hundred thousand dollars or something that they get to invest and then see what happens with it. You know, pretend money. And I thought like that was the first I had ever heard of anything like that. And I said, I want to take the class too, because 
I want to learn this stuff. So we'll kind of be doing it together. She was explaining something to him and they were on FaceTime. And I was, she's like, oh, is mom there? I'm like, yes, I'm learning too. You're teaching us both. <laughs> That's so good though, right? Yeah, like it is. Your little one's learning, you're learning. Everybody's learning along the exactly. way. It's so important. So yeah, so it is, it is cool. I had no idea that those types of opportunities existed out there. So, so very good. That's, that's some interesting, some really good advice for people. Yeah, and education is there, like I shared with you before. Like that's something that's huge for us, not only in podcasts, right? Completely educational, but something that we offer to, to anybody. We do a virtual event monthly on different financial topics, whether that be, you know, with a market analyst from CNBC or Bloomberg Television that opens up to a Q&A over Zoom, right? Because we've got clients all over the place or folks right. wherever can come in and join. Also doing those on like, what are the new things coming up in the world of trusts and legalities there? What's coming down the pike when it comes to tax reform? social security. So all of those different financial topics that have moving parts in them behind the scenes, right? Every year we have those on a monthly basis behind the scenes to, to awesome. join and those are free and they're completely educational. I will be tuning in. How would you say, and I know that there's connections with slowing down in every aspect of our life. So how do you think slowing down can affect a person's finances? I think really they go hand in hand. I think when you really have that conversation of like, why are you saving money or why are you investing money? Many times it comes to, well, I want more time. And I feel like time is one of those very, very ridiculously valuable assets mm -hmm. that sometimes we don't realize, but ultimately we know. You're saving money to potentially have more time with friends or family or to be able to free up whatever it is that you want to do and that you enjoy in your time. So they go hand in hand together. I think, you know, really time and, and health those are, those are invaluable. Yep. And if you're saving money, what's truly the reason behind it? I think it goes back to like, truly, what are your goals? And everybody's goals are different ultimately, yep. but there's always that time kind of time value behind the scenes of that's an important factor. Yeah. The why behind it all, right? As we get older, yes. we really yes. start asking why with everything, because I think if we're on that hamster wheel, you don't have time to ask why you don't have time to really think through the intention behind what you're doing, finances and everywhere else. And that can be a slippery slope. And then all of a sudden you find yourself, like you said, you don't have time. You're burnt out. Maybe you're in debt. And you're like, how did this even happen? Like, I didn't even realize it was happening because we can't be present. Right. And I feel like when you're on that hamster wheel, you're doing what you can to make it through day by day. Yeah. Survival and, mode. And this is where I, I think stepping back, it's not always easy, right? Holistically stepping back and being like, okay, what's big picture? What's my game plan? When do I want to retire? Does it make sense with what I'm doing now? Do I find joy in my career path? I mean, not every day by any means, but for the most part, joy in what I'm doing. Am I making a difference? Is that impactful for me and others around me? So I feel like having those self conversations are so important. And then working with someone to put together a financial plan, making sure that you're doing the right things so you can retire. Right. Are you, you know, looking at things like does your company offer something, whether that be a 401k or whatnot? Are you taking advantage of that? Do you have emergency money behind the sidelines? Do you have all these in place to make sure that you can hit the goals that you find so important? I love that. And then the peace of mind that comes along with that, then you're not constantly stressed about it and worried and having that in the back of your head all the time. I had read a book, that four hour work week. I'm sure you've probably heard of it. And he has such an interesting perspective on the regular job. And there's no nine to five in his language. And what he wanted his life to look like, what he defined as success and wealth, obviously it's very unique to each person. He had people as examples in the book where these people were 
retire, quote unquote, retiring at a very young age. They were making a lot of money and then living their life. And I was like, I never even thought about that. Like, I, you know, everything's just always, well, you work until you're 65 yeah. or whatever. And, and it's just, I think it's fun to kind of dream about what do you want it to look like? What do you want retirement to look like? How long do you want to work? Like you were saying, is your work even fulfilling for you? Is it bringing you joy? If you're completely burnt out, you know, I've seen people that work so hard and they finally retire and all of a sudden then they're sick. You know, they worked too, yeah. they're just, they work themselves to the bone or they're too stressed out or they have a heart attack and then they're just gone and they didn't get to enjoy that next chapter. So having this plan in place is super important and it'll just benefit your life in, in every aspect, I think. I do. And I think I think Tim Ferriss, who is the author of that mm -hmm. book, I think he gives some valuable points and things to think about. I don't think that's maybe feasible for everyone to do right. a four-hour work right. week, right? I think that's a, a specific type of person, but yep. can it happen? Yeah. If you want it to, you bet. I think that there's definitely sacrifices that he's made to get to that point. Totally. Yeah. And how he built his foundation. But I think it comes down to, again, having that self-talk and saying, hey, am I happy with what I'm doing? Am I fulfilled by what I'm doing? Am I making enough to retire when I want? Like, what does that look like? Or maybe you're trying to also enjoy life as you're working too and trying to find that balance where mm -hmm. it's not just for retirement. You're doing some of it now and trying to encompass, you know, a better balance in your world yes. right now. Yeah, I love it. Having it be something that you focus on and is in the forefront of your mind, because I know for me personally, sometimes a lot of the times I don't think about it so much. And I'm one of those people that does kind of like, dump it on my husband more or less. And I'm not proud of that. It's just so much has happened along the way where life gets so busy and the kids and all the things. Yeah. And you probably see it a lot where maybe one spouse takes the lead, right? Totally. Interesting on that. So I'll piggyback on that statement yeah. too. I really encourage couples or partners or whatever your relationship looks like to, to both be present. Simply because like back to my grandma, right? Yep. She wasn't the person. He was right. the person. So we're mourning the loss of him. And then at that point, trying to navigate in so many different directions as well. The last thing you want to do is trying to navigate everything when you're mourning the loss of someone. Yeah. So if you can be present in those financial decisions or at least understand what's going on or why you're investing the way you are or what things look like or what your financial plan roadmap really looks like, I think that is invaluable because, again, we don't want to lose anyone. It, it happens, but we want to be as prepared as we can be for that time yeah. when it does happen to have at least a little bit of breathing room on that side of things. 100%. That's great advice. Like I said, I'll be sitting in your monthly class <laughs> to learn more. And it's definitely something that's been on my mind. Like, okay, I need to work on this more. I need to be more involved, you know. When the life takes over and you're running in 15 different directions, yes. right? So I get it. I totally yeah. get it. But but it's important. When you have, I, and we tease, like, so my husband, he wears many hats like I do. He also does some financial things too. He works as a CFO. He's an attorney and he's an engineer. So he's a crazy person, much like myself. However, I take the lead, obviously, in, you know, that style with us. But we always bring the conversation back together. Like, what are we doing? And we tease, we're like, it's fun Friday night, date night. <laughs> Glass of wine. And we talk through finances of where we at or what's this look like or what are we spending on or where do we need to pull back? Like, what do things look like truly? But I think having just that raw conversation consistently with one another, nothing gets lost in translation along yeah. the way. And I think that's so valuable. Yeah. I mean, things will get lost in translation, not intentionally, right? Totally. Just, there's too just much life. going on. What are some stresses that you've seen or maybe that can be easily avoided with maybe this communication or, or a little more education? Are there a couple of things that come to mind? Yeah, I think I keep kind of beating the drum of like having a plan in place, mm -hmm. right? Thinking of that as a roadmap. So yeah. 
you want to have a budget, a ballpark budget, right? So if you think, hey, I can spend this much and really you can only spend this much. If you're on the same page of what makes sense and what you can spend to still reach your goals, that is invaluable. I've got clients that have, you know, millions of dollars invested with me and they spend a lot of it. I've got clients that have, you know, millions of dollars invested with me and they spend $1,500 a month. So granted, those are unique situations. Not everybody's in that situation by any means. But regardless of what you have or don't have invested, you still want to figure out like, what can I live within my means? What does that look like? And then by doing that, everything starts falling into place. Then you're not in massive debt. You're not overspending. You know what your snapshot looks like. I have a, a dear friend that her favorite thing is budgets. Like she is a, a television entertainment person, but she loves budgets. It's her favorite thing in the world. And I always tease her, but she's like, budgets are the greatest thing ever. She's like, budgets allow you to spend more because you know what it looks like. So I, I think she really brings an interesting perspective to the whole thing, just because by knowing what you have, then you know what you have. Yes. So that's, I think, invaluable. And I think having a financial plan, just saying, hey, where am I at? Where do I want to go ballpark wise? And knowing that that's going to change a bunch of times along the way, right? Is someone going to pass away? Is there going to be an inheritance? Do you change jobs? Like, do you move? Like, do you have more kids? Like, what does that look like? That's going to evolve with you. And I think just having some knowledge there and a snapshot, not just wondering and hoping. I, I think hoping is a fantastic thing, but have some some valid, you know, foundation behind the scenes there too. Good advice. Definitely can't go wrong with those things in place, right? I'm going to ask a two-part question here. The first part is I'm just fascinated by morning routines. So wondering if you have a specific morning routine in place. Some people do, some people don't. And then as a follow-up, what does slow living look like to you in your life? Those are both really fantastic questions. (laughs) So I feel like my routine keeps changing depending on what's going on in my world, right? Um, I, I do feel being raw and vulnerable. I could do so much better here, right? This is an area where I'm like, I'm running in lots of directions and I enjoy it. And I love what I do and I feel like I make a difference. But could I do better with my own balance? Absolutely. I don't have that figured out. I feel like that's a quest for me every year saying, okay, yes, I'm going to work out here or I'm going to do this here. Or I'm going to do some more continuing education here. And I do it, but then like life happens and I evolve and things are crazy or whatever. And I, I'm not consistent. So with my own personal time, right, I, I'm the person, which I think a lot of women are, you put yourself on the back burner, mm-hmm. right? You take care of everybody else and making yep. sure everybody's good and you really make that a priority and taking care of clients or family or whatever that looks like. But then at the end of the day, you're like, oh, man, it's like 730 and I need to go to bed, right? Because you've been yep. running all day so hard. So that is actually, I feel like that's my New Year's resolution almost every year. It's like, <laughs> yes, better balance, better balance. So this year, again, better balance. I'm doing better, but I'm not where I need to be yet. I'm definitely a work in progress. So Has there been something that that like really helped make it, you know, move in the right direction this year? Time blocking. So Mm -hmm. I'm a hard time blocker. I live on my calendar. If it's not on my calendar, it doesn't happen in my world. So for me, I'm really trying to be like, okay, yes, I need to go to the dentist. And the dentist is on my calendar. And there it is for all the world to see. Same thing with like the occasional massage or like, you know, Again, any like self-love, self-care things, I stick on my calendar. And I'm trying to be more consistent about putting something on once a week at least to have that little respite where I'm taking care of myself so that I can take care of everyone else. So I'm better, but I'm not where I want to be yet. So still work in progress. Awesome. As we kind of wrap up today, is there any tips or advice? Definitely having that roadmap plan, little snapshot of your finances. Anything else you want to leave our listeners with today? 
Yeah, just leaning into communication, right? I feel like talking with your partner, your spouse, whatever your home dynamic looks like, valuable, very valuable. Finding someone that you can work with if you choose that, that you have good communication with. I feel like that is such an important factor because these are long-term relationships, yes. right? And you want to cultivate that and you want to make sure you're on the same page with whomever you are leaning into. I think that communication factor, we tease. Like I try to over-communicate because I think that's super important. I'd rather have the conversation multiple times so we're always on the same page. And, and I want to hear all the things. Like I want to know every aspect why you're doing what you're doing so I can help support in those situations more as well. So I think regardless, communication, like definitely a strong lean. And I think that that's just such an important factor for all of us to, you know, really just embrace. Yes. Yes. With everything. I think that you can't go wrong if you're over communicating, at least people know where you stand. Just having that open communication can certainly lend itself to having a clear picture of what we're doing. And I think for me, that's the whole point of trying to slow down to have that big picture and see it and understand it and know how I want to feel. What, what am I intentionally trying to create here? So same with money, right? It, it's it's totally. so important. Jennifer, this was fun. This was refreshing for me. I don't think we talk about money enough in our society. This is refreshing and it's so interesting. Something that I, I certainly want to learn more about. So thank you for sharing your, your ideas and your knowledge with us. And I will link all of your information in the show notes because I have a feeling that I'm not the only one who's going to check out your, your monthly meetings and, and learn more about you. So thank you for being here today. Oh, thank you so much for having me. It's been a pleasure. I hope you enjoyed today's episode and have been inspired to slow down and start living life at your own pace. As a brand new podcast, your listener voice matters. If Let's Slow Down is resonating with you, please take a minute to leave a review and rate us. Subscribe to the show wherever you listen and share it with friends. Remember, this is a process, so go easy on yourself. Be gentle and take all the space you need to thrive because the world needs you to be at your best, to love and serve others and yourself.